Good morning. I'm guessing the video people would probably like me to stand right about here, huh? All right, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Joshua chapter 24. If you have your phones, you can also turn to Joshua 24. <laughs> I just want to make the comment I was noticing from the back that you guys keep your drummer in a cage, and I think that's probably a wise, a wise choice. I'm going to share with you some about Pine Haven here in a minute, but, but I want this also to be a bit of a message. Um, one of the questions that I want to ask God someday, and, and I don't know, maybe I'll wait till I get to heaven so I don't get struck down here on earth, but what was God thinking that he gave people free will? By giving us the, the opportunity to choose, I mean, we've really messed that up, haven't we? Yeah, all the way from the garden. We have really messed up. And yet we love to choose so much. I mean, my kids, I mean, just little guys, they want to they wanna make their own choices. They want to choose. They, they want what they want. And I know when I was a boy, I'm still quoted by some of our Pine Haven staff as saying, I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> and really, that's everybody's base person. I want to do what I want to do. In Joshua chapter 24, what we see is God has led the people out of Egypt and, you know, there just came a time when the people, our hearts are so finicky. If you've read Judges, we're with God, we're away from God, we're with God, we're away from God. And in Joshua 24, God said, okay, look, Joshua, you need to go to the people and tell them enough is enough. And in verse 14... He says, now therefore, this is Joshua, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, can you finish that? We will serve the Lord. Whether it's Pine Haven, whether it's your church, whether it's you as an individual, if we believe in the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ, it's our job to show people who it is that they need to serve. And being a visiting preacher, I get to cheat and preach the simplest sermon in the Bible. There's only two choices in life. And everybody's either going to choose the Lord or this world. And eternity depends on that choice one place or the other. It is that simple. There was, it's my understanding that Mark Twain was in Utah and was having a debate with a Mormon man and they were debating over polygamy. Do you guys know what polygamy is? Yes, polygamy. And the Mormon man finally said, look, just tell me one verse in the Bible that says that a man cannot have more than one wife. And Mark Twain said, that's easy. That would be Matthew 6, 24. A man cannot have two masters. <laughs> that's not really what that verse means, but, but it's, it's pretty funny. You all laughed. But a man cannot have two masters. We have to choose. And 
I know that when I was a, a little kid, I thought, I'm going to wait to get baptized until I'm 18 because it'll wash away more sins. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize, I didn't come to that point yet of spiritual maturity and, and understanding that Jesus' blood forgives the sins of the past and the bloods of the present and future. And, and I didn't know how that worked. But it is so important that we choose today, as Joshua said, because enough is enough. We don't want to wait. We don't, we don't know what is coming tomorrow. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. You know, we need to be ready. Be prepared. One of our house parents years ago used to say that for those who know the Lord, this is as close to hell as we're ever going to get. But for those who don't, this is as close to heaven as they're ever going to get. And it is that important. It is, it is so important that we show Jesus Christ to people and, and try to do it in such a way that people want to be one of us. Do you know what they call a gathering of alligators? A congregation. We need to be contagious. And I don't mean like COVID or anything like that. We need to be contagious so that people want to be one of the redeemed of Christ. At Pine Haven, the way we're trying to do that, you can go ahead and, and roll that. Pine Haven Christian Children's Ranch was started in 1976 by my grandparents, Bob and Nancy Larson. God had led them from here in Illinois, just north of Robinson, where they grew up, to work with the Indian people out in Washington State and then in Montana, where they settled in, had to have been the 40s. And they worked with the Indian people for 20-some years, and then the Lord put it on their heart to help kids. And so there's a lady in the church who donated some land. They were able to uh, sell that land and, and purchase the first part of Pine Haven there to the south of St. Ignatius. And now we have 1,120 acres that is just the perfect place to give kids a chance to change environment. Kids that need to have different influences, kids that need a different shot at life, kids that need just to do something else and focus on who it is that God wants them to be and what their potential is. And so at Pine Haven, for the last 40-some years, we have taken kids into our homes and, and we have house parents. How many of you know or remember Jacob and Christy that were members here or attended here for a while? Not too many of you, that's okay. Jacob and Christy are now house parents for us. Um, her mom and dad, Bill and Sherry, are house parents for us. And these couples, they come and they basically give their lives on the front line for these kids. They love them as if they were their very own. Some of our house parents have their own kids while they're there. And to spread that love around and show these kids what a biblical marriage should look like, what a, what a biblical family should look like, to you know, help them and love them through the, the troubles and the struggles of life. And you know, when Jesus came to... Um, spread his love, how did he do that? Through relationship. And that's what these kids need. They need that relationship. They need unconditional love. They need to know where the boundaries are. And having a ranch in Montana is just a great place for them to get down to the, <laughs> the basics of life. You know, a ranch is just such a wholesome atmosphere. They get to work with the cattle and the horses and and get to have fun that way. It is a lot of work, but that's not all bad either. Um, I'm looking at the younger generations in our world, and not very many of them know how to work. 
I don't know how they plan to, to feed themselves for the next 50, 60, 80 years, but uh, they'll figure it out one way or another, I guess. But what we're trying to do at Pine Haven is over the period of generally about a year and a half to two and a half years, we surround those kids with Jesus Christ day in and day out until they eventually, you know, almost every one of the kids we've had at Pine Haven comes to the point of saying, I need to serve Jesus Christ. And that's our goal at Pine Haven. People want to know sometimes, what is your success rate at Pine Haven? Well, to us, that's our kids that go on and retain their faith when they leave. And it's hard to put a number on that because, you know, there's a, <laughs> it's hard to track them all down sometimes. We've had over 600 kids in our ministry since it started. But as far as we can tell, I would say somewhere between 70 and 90% retain their faith when they leave. And that's what we call our success rate at Pine Haven. Now, times are changing, and it has been a struggle at Pine Haven the last five to ten years because society has changed so much. At least I, I think this is what's going on. So society has changed so much that we used to say Pine Haven was a troubled youth ranch. But if I say that now, then parents think, okay, when my kids become violent, then I should reach out for help. And that has been our biggest struggle at Pine Haven for the past decade because we can still help the same kids at the same time that we always have, but we have to get to them sooner because at this point, we get an application probably every day, every other day of parents saying, hey, I need help with my 10-year-old through graduation. And 95% of them we immediately have to say no to because if we put them in with our other students, they will they will be a danger to those other students. So what I need from my churches, I say this everywhere I go, what I need from you guys is if you know those students that we can help at Pine Haven, those kids, please come alongside their parents. And I, I know this isn't an easy thing, but say, hey, you know, seeing some of this behavior, please look at where that might go and don't wait till it's too late to get them help because this is an opportunity at Pine Haven. But if it, you know, most of our applications are gonna require an institution and we don't wanna see that. We wanna help as many kids as we can. So what do we do? The other thing is it is very difficult to get house parents. Um, I don't know if you guys have any couples in here that would like to be house parents at Pine Haven, but it is one of the most rewarding and toughest jobs you would ever have to serve the Lord in that way. Our biggest thing that keeps us from having house parents is either parents or grandkids. My parents are here, so I need to stay here. Or I have grandkids here, so you know I'm not gonna move away. But if you would please pray that we can get past some of that because we need missionaries, we need ministers, we need house parents that can go and help these kids. And I know Montana's a long ways away, but God lives there, so all of you need to visit and Yeah, here in Illinois, out to the farmers, but that's another story. <clears throat> Please pray for that, because we need workers in the field. Now, a couple of the things that Pine Haven's trying to do in this time of, of struggle and figuring out what does the Lord want from us, from our facilities, from our people, from how can we impact young lives for Christ? We've come up with a couple different things to try and you know broaden what we're doing with these kids. We've never had a very good transition for these kids. Usually they graduate or their parents uh, take them home. We don't ever take over guardianship. The parents can take them home whenever they want. 
But usually when that happens, then they go back home and there's not really a great transition. It's just kind of here and then there. Well, we have started a gap ministry because I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but a lot of kids who have just graduated high school for about that first seven years of trying to be an adult, they're falling through that gap. They're not figuring out who they can be for Christ. They're, um, what's the statistic of church kids, believing kids who go to a secular college, 70 to 80% walk away from their faith? That's not okay. And so we're trying to offer a different option. Not every kid is geared up for college. Some are, but not everyone is. And so we've offered a gap program, which is 10 weeks where they can come and do kind of a different trade type skill, just stuff that we do every day at the ranch, but these kids could benefit from. And so one week we do welding, one week we do blacksmithing, one week we do home repair, vehicle repair, meat cutting, a wilderness um, first responder course, a wilderness trip, a missionary, uh, a missions trip for a week, but 10 weeks of figuring out who can I be for Christ? What skills has he given me? What am I good at? And, you know, I, I think of David and Goliath when I think of kind of one of the things that is one of the most beneficial things that you can pass on to our young kids today. And if you remember, David is this little guy, right? David is not the not the biggest, burliest guy that you would think should go tackle a giant. But Israel and the Philistines were at war, and the Philistines had this guy that was, I want to say, nine-something feet tall. I'm huge, huge. I'm not a big guy. Matter of fact, I need something to stand on behind this pulpit because it seems like I can just barely see you over the top of it. David might have been like me. I don't know. But he was just a boy, and his father sent him with food to the battlefield. And he took the food to the battlefield. And the giant came out to taunt the people of Israel. They'd, they'd fight in the valley and they're on two hills. And he came out and he started yelling at the people of Israel and degrading them. And, and, and David's this little guy and he hears it. And he goes, hey, why aren't we knocking that guy down? And his brothers got angry. And the other people, they took him to the king. And King Saul said... You can't go fight him. You're just a boy. Verse 33 of Samuel, 1 Samuel 17. Then Saul said to David, You are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went out after him, and I attacked him, and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard, and I struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine." And so Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. David had history. David had experiences. David had confidence. And our kids today are missing that. They do a lot more with this and, and this than they do real things. And so at Pinehaven, we get to teach them real things, whether it's mechanic work, whether it's Whatever it is, they get to learn skills. And every time, I mean, I don't find a kid in your community, take them fishing, take them hunting, take them and show them how to change your oil or change a tire. What it is, whatever it is, every opportunity to pour into them, that experience builds up confidence. It builds up self-esteem because, hey, I know how to do something. 
And kids today are missing that. Well, I've been trying to pinpoint, you know, just what it is that has changed. Kids don't have an innate respect for people anymore. They don't, they don't care if they please people or not. They don't care if their behavior affects people positively or poorly. We've got to find a way to change that. And so the gap ministry is for those kids who are not yet adults, but are still kind of kids in that in-between. Who am I going to be? What can I do for Christ? The other thing we've done is we've started coming along churches. If you want to start your own Christian school, <coughs> excuse me, if a church wants to start their own Christian school, you know, some kids, their parents are looking for a different option than whatever the kids are doing for schooling right now. And so down in Albion, Illinois, we have four teachers this year who are basically teaching kids who are half homeschooled, half Christian schooled. They do their work from home, but the teacher's there in real time monitoring what they're doing, helping them with their work when they have questions and that sort of thing, making sure they're getting all their work done. They get them together for things like PE classes, social events, work projects. And so they have this community where the parents get to choose you know, what they're learning. One of the things I love about the curriculum we're using at Pine Haven, and so is this school down there, is it is a Bible-based curriculum. And so the kids, you know, they're working in Bible every day in there. <coughs> Excuse me. And they're getting to know Christ better. And so Pine Haven's trying to figure out how can we help kids to know Christ better through any way that we can. So we're branching out a little bit, just trying to do whatever we can with what we have. And you guys make our ministry possible. And that goes, goes for your other missions as well. Without your prayers, without your visits, without your support, those ministries cannot reach people as effectively as they can with your help. And we need you. The only reason Pine Haven is there is because of you guys. The only reason those other ministries and missionaries are there is because of you guys. Don't ever think it's just those people over there because you are making that ministry possible, saving lives, not just here on earth, but for eternity. Don't ever, ever forget that. I'm gonna wrap up now. Until kids at Pine Haven choose to follow Christ, their lives don't change. We can teach them things, we can draw them as close as we can to the Lord, but they have to choose. We don't take any kids who don't want to come because unless a person wants to change, they will not change. And the same is with Jesus Christ. If somebody wants to change, if they want to accept that sacrifice that he made, if they want to believe and trust in, in that sacrifice that he made, that's our job as Christians. Choose today whom you will serve. And really, there's only two choices. And if anybody in here needs to make that decision today, don't wait. Choose today. Uh, if you come forward, I'm sure Bill or I'd be glad to talk with you, but don't wait because God made this world and he made us, each and every one of us different because he wants us. And even though we sin and we have to be separated from him, he sent his son to die on the cross, to shed his own blood, to pay the price for us so that we could be in his good graces again. If you need to make that decision, come today. If you have made that decision, we can't keep it quiet. We need to live in such a way as that people want that.
let me pray. And if you need to make that decision, please come forward. Father, thank you for who you are, our awesome God. You loved us so much and made us, and, and thank you that we can choose you, that you have given us that gift so freely that we can be with you in eternity forever someday. I know it's hard here on earth, and Father, please bless and give peace to those who are hurting. They help us to know that it's going to be amazing in heaven one day. We love you so much, Father. Thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.